be joined on the line now by Mohammed Nala, analyst at NetBank Capitals. Good morning, Mohammed. Morning, Sakina. Morning to the listeners. Now, S&P affirmed South Africa's credit rating on Friday evening. Uh, what's your reaction to this and what should we be cautious about at this point? So first and foremost, Sakina, I think, you know, not many people had actually expected S&P to downgrade our, our credit rating on Friday. The release came through post-South African close. It was probably around 6 o'clock on, on Friday evening. Uh, most people were already headed out for the weekend by then. But if we have a look at it, they affirmed their credit rating, as you mentioned in your intro, triple uh, B minus is just one notch above junk status. That's when they, they actually shifted us or where they shifted us to last year. Uh, what's quite critical and quite important with regards to S&P. So they do remain the most negative or the most bearish of the big three ratings agencies insofar as where their rating is positioned, but their outlook is now unstable. So they're one notch below Moody's as uh, as well as Fitch. Uh, if we have a look at uh, what they actually said on Friday, and we unpack that a little bit, they do see our growth this year limited to 2.1%, but they do expect our growth to tick a little bit higher over 2016 and 20. Uh, I beg your pardon, 2016. 17 and 18, they're expecting an average growth rate of around 2.7%. They also don't expect our debt-to-GDP ratio to, to, to extend significantly further. So they do expect our general government debt-to-GDP to, to, to ratio to be around 44%. Now, if we have a look at all of this, a lot of people taking heart, they're saying that it wasn't a very negative statement. Uh, that being said, I think the negativity from S&P is well encapsulated within a triple B minus rating. So for now, I don't think we're out of the woods just yet, but remember on S&P you need to probably see them shift their outlook to negative before we actually see an eventual downgrade come through. And for now, both Fitch and S&P over the last two weeks giving government the benefit of the doubt and maybe a little bit of time to put in place the right kind of measures to steady the economic ship. Mm. And of course, our soapy continues that Greek story. And I see it seems to have dampened the risk appetite, uh, the fact that those talks deadlocked over the weekend. And uh, Mohamed? Yeah, I mean, you really appropriately define it as a, as a soap story, I guess, in, in the economic markets because you know, it's been the same story for so long now. And you know, even though you go and you come back, the story is still very much the same. Unfortunately, last week, talks seeming to reach a little bit of a deadlock, uh, as you mentioned. So we had the IMF walking out of the, the meetings in Brussels. That's quite concerning. Now, why is this big event risk for this week and why is it dampening risk appetite? Is On the 18th, we have Eurozone Finance Ministers all meeting, uh, and they're going to have to discuss Greece's access, I guess, to liquidity. And we all know about the onerous debt repayments that Greece has to actually make over the course of the next few weeks. But uh, the sticking point now remaining the structural reforms that the Greeks need to make, and specifically around narrowing what is called their primary budget deficit. Now, they're going to have to make some serious cuts in terms of their pension promises, in terms of a whole bunch of expenditure measures that the Greeks actually have in place that are seen as too generous by the rest of the European Union. Uh, And Greece effectively saying that we can't possibly do that. Uh, They're trying to come through with a lot more muted cuts in terms of the on the fiscal side. Uh, where does this all go? We'll, we'll find out, I guess, a little bit more noise around the 18th, but they do have until the end of this month, and then technically they have a further 30 days before being officially deemed to be in default. So, like I said, Sakina, this is likely going to still be with us for some time, but unless they reach some agreement pretty soon, I do think it appears as though things are coming to a bit of a head.
And then, of course, Mohammed, all eyes on the U.S. Federal Reserve this week uh, because um, on Wednesday, uh, you know, people will be looking out for talks on uh, the interest rate hike. Yes, I mean, South Africans, we're kind of lucky. We've got a bit of a shorter week this week. We're on a, we've got a holiday tomorrow. But the rest of the world doesn't have that. And I think big event risk, obviously, with the Greek situation we just discussed, but more specifically the U.S. Federal Reserve meeting on Wednesday. It will be after our trade on Wednesday, so after Wednesday's close. But I think in the run-up to that, and certainly in similar liquidity conditions on our domestic markets today as well, uh, we're likely to see that uh, result in traders effectively pairing back the size of some of their positions. I mean, the general consensus is that the Fed will hike rates at the September meeting, but that doesn't mean that there's still a little bit of uncertainty in terms of what Janet Yellen will say at Wednesday's meeting. So I think people have actually been pulling some of the risk off the table right now. You've seen it in terms of position sizes, and I think that coupled with the Greek situation is why we're seeing Asian markets negative. We saw a U.S. market negative at the end of last week, and potentially we could see some of that negativity filter through to our own market. Let's keep an eye out. I still think that the Federal Reserve has some scope to keep their rates on hold, uh, potentially to the September meeting. But I do believe that a hike is going to be coming from the U.S. Federal Reserve during the course of this year. That's been our position uh, at least since the end of last year.